Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% on every single one of your orders. This podcast also brought to you by Verb Moto. Verb Moto is back. Wes Williams on this podcast not one week ago to tell us, everybody, that uh, Verb Moto is officially back. Everyone's excited. The videos that uh, we drooled over uh, for so many years, Goat Productions and all those, uh, the, the, the Mud Dolphin and everything in between, probably talking to, on the phone right now to someone who's been featured in a Verb Moto video at some point or at least raced against some of the guys who are in those videos and probably jealously wanted to be in them. Uh, he's been racing on the 250 East Coast. He's a good friend of mine. I've got a couple of jerseys of his up on the wall here. The Big MX Radio Studios. He's one of my favorite interviews in the sport. His name is John Short. John, how's it going? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, up here in Utah enjoying this beautiful beautiful area so just hanging out recovering from sunday's race there you go my friend Qual- 14th out of qualifying so i guess that's a seventh in uh in the heat race six 17th after the first lap turns that into a top 10 finish and just before we started recording this you happened to let me know that on the last lap you actually uh were watching some tv and uh, and happened to glance up at the jumbotron, see that Joe Shimoda, who had just passed you, uh, was for position. And uh, and based on your TV watching skills, whilst racing a motocross bike faster than I would ever dream to do so, um, you were able to make that pass and put yourself into the top ten. A top ten ride from a guy from Pilot Point, Texas, uh, that a lot of people probably uh, were, were really happy that they picked you in Pulpamex Fantasy. Um where do we start with you as far as Utah, man? Like, it seems like it's been a pretty successful time so far. Yeah, no, that, that was kind of my, my goal coming in was just to, I mean, just have fun and, and enjoy it. You know, I think that's when most racers do their best is when they're just kind of enjoying what they're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, last last night was uh, interesting, to say the least, with the, with the rain that came in. And uh, I don't think I've ever ridden Supercross, raced Supercross in the mud. So uh, practice was rough. I think I was 30th. And, um, yeah, I qualified for the heat. And then during the main event, like you mentioned, uh, got shuffled back, was in the back of the pack, just kind of plugged away, rode, rode my laps, and uh, didn't know a place I was in uh, with the restrictions in the mechanic area and the coronavirus thing. Uh, I haven't really even seen a pit board since I've been here in either of the three events. So I got... I knew a Geico rider went by me right before the white flag um, or passed me. I didn't know, you know, is this guy a lap down? Is he racing for position? And I'm going across Start Straight, and I'm at the, there's the big TV up there, and I glanced up. So basically, he's out of the pit board. You know, what place am I in? You know, and I noticed it was Shimoda, and he was behind me, so I meant he passed me for 10th. So I uh, had to try and dig deep and make it happen on the track out there on the last lap to get them back and uh luckily everything luckily it worked out but yeah it's interesting to have to use the tv up there as a pit board for sure 
that that is something that as soon as I heard of all of the restrictions that were going to be placed on the racers and the mechanics and the teams throughout this whole deal, I immediately thought of uh, it's one thing to to restrict the the uh, the advantages on race day to uh, um, guys that have a lot of things at their beck and call, but you do the same thing to privateers and you basically put those guys on more of an island than they ever have been. Um, what's that? What's it like for you, uh, sort of? Uh, race day, getting things prepped, uh, whole shot device, obviously uh, preparing gates and stuff like that. That's got to be a big hurdle for you. And like you said, uh, no help from any type of pit board, something that you've probably been uh, using quite extensively for a lo- as long as you've been able to uh, to race and, and read off of that thing as a, as a youth. Yeah, it, it's obviously a little different with um, the restrictions on... on- no fans, you know, no, no, the mechanics have their certain regulations they have to follow and, uh, yeah. it makes it tough, but you know, uh, at least, you know, we're, we're able to go race and get back to competing, but, um, no, it was kind of a, a extra tough on us this weekend. Um, fortunately I've had the man luck racing crew, you know, give me a little more support than I've ever had. So that's been nice. But this weekend we were, we were only had one mechanic with us. So Chase and I were, Mark Yeh were both in the main, and the same heat race and it's muddy you know and we had one guy with us this weekend and so that was a little that was a little tough you know we all had to kind of pitch in together as a unit and make sure all our bikes were ready and whatnot but um no it makes it tough uh and and, you know in the mains when you don't know where your mechanics at because of they've got certain markers they've got to stand on and uh you know you're kind of just want a little information you know where are we at in the moto what place am i in you know whatever little notes your mechanic gives you so um it's definitely a little strange uh the way the utah races are being played out but uh it's cool nonetheless i mean we've been off racing for like two months so it's it's exciting to get back to doing what we love just happy to be back on the gate uh even if the skies open up and utah just absolutely just shit storms on supercross i couldn't believe you guys going out there 250 qualifying the rain was coming down water in the trenches between the transitions between jumps you guys are still jumping stuff like literally jumps that i would not consider doing in bone dry uh including the finish line just sending it no big deal uh, as if you guys are pros or something like that totally wild what was that process like for you and like i said uh as a privateer those are the types of things that become that much more challenging uh than it is for uh some of these factory superstars who you actually finished just behind by the way uh a number pretty much everybody in front of you uh was uh, was out of a full-blown rig uh in fact that's basically the case. The only person that's sort of on the similar support level to yours is Jay Sowen, and he best, he he finished only one spot in front of you. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah, no, the the rain, like I said, definitely threw a curveball at everything. Um, I was probably a little bit in the same mindset as you going into practice. You know, uh, the peaks of the jumps look dry. It's muddy in the muddy in the trenches, and I'm you know I'm trying to figure out what do I want to jump, what do I not jump, you know, and then you see chase section skimming the whoops and you're like man that never even crossed my mind you know so uh a little bit uh, a lot of that yeah especially when it's mud i think is just uh you know a little bit of ability and comfort and uh, some of those guys just have a lot of skill and are really comfortable in those conditions but um uh you know it was it was really crazy to me sitting on the line for the main and they did the restart 
and yes. it's pouring. Well, not pouring, but you know, it's raining enough to where the, the, the rain's rolling off your goggles and your gloves are wet. And you're just sitting there like, man, this is, it's cold. Like, can we yeah. drop the gate? You're you know? covered in mud. You're... There was a down rider, but. Yeah. March banks. Which is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I... Be all right. Is that the, the whole pro circuit team that's out now on the west or on the east? Who else do they have? Uh, yeah, I guess it is, yeah. I guess Smith had... Yeah, Smith's uh, out because he's sure getting his what, what knee fixed. Him, but... He got his knee fixed. Yeah, he was, he, uh, he ruined his knee, and then it was still bad. Or, no. Oh, yeah, no, his knee was bad to begin with, uh, and then his wrist was still bad, and then he blew his knee. Uh, so that's a whole situation with, uh, with Jordan. Uh, probably someone that you probably raced a fair bit, uh, growing up. The two of you are probably pretty close in age, no? Yeah, actually, uh, my first year racing, he was on a Super Mini. That's where I started out. So, I raced Jordan you started when he started on, on Super Minis. I raced him when he got a yeah, uh, eighty five, fourteen, sixteen Super Mini. I did a, I did a, a year in that class, but uh, no, I raced Jordan when he did the Suzuki stuff. I raced him when he had his amateur Geico deal, and then obviously for years to come, he's obviously. Uh, started going quite a quite a bit faster than than i have or at least had some better results but um now i've raced him a long time fair enough fair enough um like uh, we like go into a whole other sort of conversation about how like the amateur scene sort of uh like weeds guys out or, or props certain guys out up uh during the the uh through the ebbs and flows of how they we won't sort of get there tonight i don't think but uh um I know you had your sights set on possibly riding in the 450 class on a 250. Uh, yet to hear back from uh, the authorities on whether or not that's going to be a thing. But uh, how much of a boo would that be for you guys uh, to to like for a number of the, the faster privateers, especially in the 250 class on the East Coast, to uh, put in some time on the four, in the 450 class on the West, uh, inject even that much more speed into that class. Because uh, looking at lap times alone, I see you po- post- posting up lap times competitive with guys like Alex Ray, guys like uh, the, the the Seven Deuce Deuce, even Kyle Chisholm and stuff like that. Those are guys who are pretty much mainstays in the the 450 heat ra- or 450 main events, uh, and your lap times are right in there on a 250. Obviously, there'd be uh, uh, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a, a like. They'd have a, a bit of a bonus on the start to maybe uh, pulling one on you, but uh, it, it it's been done. Obviously, Logan Carnell put it in the main uh, via the uh, the heat race just yesterday. Um, that's something you'd be uh, really interested in, and also would make you some money um, as you guys are spending a lot of my, money and a lot of time in uh, in Utah. Obviously, uh, I don't quite know what your your situation is uh, like where you're staying, but it's, it can't be cheap. No, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, fortunately the, the Man Luck Cruise is helping us, help, helping Chase and I uh, make this whole trip happen, you know, uh, taking pretty good care of us. And uh, But it, it would be very, be very valuable to go over and do some West races. Um, if I get, a, you know, the approval from AMA, I'll, I'll definitely be there because, uh, you know, you can go practice for weeks and weeks and weeks and you won't gain the amount of experience you gain one night of racing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about the fun and the whole thing is the progress and the learning and then getting better and, and then racing and the gate drops. So, um, 
instead of sitting around for 10 days, I'd love to get a couple extra days of racing in and, you know, heck, may, like you said, make a little money, gain some experience, and have some fun. 100%. Now, I think, obviously, you guys are looking at some better weather going forward. Uh, the track crew is going to have uh, their, like, uh, a lot of work ahead of them to basically rebuild a motocross track that, like you said today, also got poured rain on. So uh, I'm assuming that uh, whatever track we see on Sunday is going to be about as basic as it gets. The race, the tracks have been pretty basic so far. Obviously, the mud throws are uh, wrenched into things. Um, but uh, how have you liked the tracks so far? Um, how has it been racing without any fans? And, uh, yeah, maybe get into that a little bit. You know, I, I thought the uh, tracks have been pretty, you know, they haven't been the most technical, but they've been good as far as being racy and then, the dirt here kind of helps that because it's dry slick you know maybe powdery like it's not just perfect you know atlanta dirt where there's just ruts everywhere so it makes mm. it to where guys kind of make mistakes and you can you know a better rider gets around you know guys but um you know I, the oops we had at round two salt lake two i thought those were sweet because if if you really wanted to get by someone you can just hang it out in the woods you know it was there it was your passing spot but um I think the track crew's, crew has done a good job. I'm am curious to see how this upcoming West Coast, this Wednesday race is, basically having one day to rebuild a muddy track. Um, so that will be interesting, like you say, to see how how the track really plays out. If it's super basic, if they change all the obstacles based on what the track map is, is supposed to be, or, you know, or heck, maybe the moisture makes it to where the dirt is. You never know. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that definitely uh, provides some challenges. Uh, we'll find out in only a couple of days' time. Uh, it's been a quick turnaround, and I talked about this with Colt Nichols on the phone uh, about an hour ago. Um, what has uh, the, sort of the, the back-to-back races been like for you? Obviously, you're trying to sign yourself up to do even more of it, uh, racing in the 450 class, but um, like racing this frequently and probably not something that you guys are used to obviously you ride a lot you put a lot of time on the bikes and pushing but not a lot of like obviously race pace like you said completely different than uh than practicing so what, what's the fatigue like for you and, and i'm sure uh today was filled with a lot of uh washing gear bikes and everything in between yeah it, it almost really reminds me of some of the amateur nationals we went to when we were or that i went to when i was younger you know where you're racing three or four times a day kind of back to back to back to back um and i i personally like that because i'm kind of a guy that that picks up steam as he goes you know the more i ride the more i'm on the gate the more comfortable i am so um i i kind of enjoy the, the frequent racing um and you know to, to me it's uh it's something different we've never done i think it's cool i mean we don't really even have a chance to practice in between so uh, we just go from race day to race day, and um, I, I I personally enjoy it. That's that's my thoughts on it. Um, I know yesterday with the mud and the tricky conditions, you definitely kind of feel that mental fade a little bit because it takes so much and requires so much uh, strength and mental focus to get through the track and hit your marks lap after lap. But um, I think overall, I think I think it's cool. <laughs> I think you guys have been handling it really well, man. Like, uh, um, 
top 10 finishes for you. Obviously, uh, not only is that good for, for championship points, definitely maybe looking forward to uh, uh, increasing that uh, or dropping that national number that you uh, you achieved, the 43. And a lot of that was achieved through the, your, your outdoor performances. You haven't always been known for these uh, these standout rides in Supercross. Um Obviously, a huge change for you, and uh, you, you got to be pretty happy with your progression. Like, only it wasn't that long ago we were we were talking about is John Short going to make the main. Now we're talking about can the guy get uh, can the guy get top ten? Can he get a top five? Like that's a that's a huge step forward um, based on some of the guys that you're, uh, you're you're putting in time with. No, I, I definitely like I mentioned. I, I enjoy seeing the progression and working towards it. Um, I think even like you mentioned earlier in the season, I had a rough, kind of a rough spout go of it. Um, in my eyes, you know, I don't know what it looks like from the outside. I see where I should be, and I saw where I was capable of finishing. And um, so I wasn't too bummed. You know, I might have had some bad weekends, but I, I kind of, I still saw the progression, even though it didn't show up on the paper. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's years ago. Last year, I didn't even have a top 10 overall finish. Had one at the shootout, or had one at the triple crown in Dallas, a moto, um, a couple so far here in Utah. Um, so it's, you know, I see the progress, um, and, and the cool part is I still feel like there's more to go. Uh, I think that the next the next step is is I've got to start up there with that faster group because I know I have the ability to ride up there with the faster group. You just you can't get that pace running back in 13th, 14th, you know, um, you've got to start up there with the, with the fifth place guy and see that pace and, and see where he's breaking, where his lines are, the amount of speed he's carrying into the whoops. And then it makes it, you know, you kind of up on it. And I, I felt like that's kind of what I started to do last summer. I got some really good starts and saw how those guys were riding. And I was like, Oh man, that's not as hard as I think, as, as hard as I thought I'm capable of, cracking into some of that you know so that's kind of uh what my goal is moving forward is uh got to figure out how to get around that first turn up towards the top five and you know latch on as fast as fast if i can learn something 100 we talked about this off air i totally agree uh when you start up front you see the breaking points you you get the pace and all of a sudden um you, you just raise your level and, and as you continue to do that more often that becomes your level and uh and i think that's definitely something that uh if you're able to get those starts get that man luck honda uh where it needs to be you can certainly um be up there with the uh, the bloses of the world kyle peters uh jaylick swole kid's a rookie you should be uh uh feeding him his lunch um we talked a little bit off air about uh, some sponsors and stuff like that, and, and uh, some bonus structures. Um, obviously, you work with uh, you're, you're riding for a team. Sometimes you're doing a, like a, basically a full blown uh, privateer effort. Um, maybe if you could a little bit, if you can get get into some of the like h- how it works when you, you approach, uh, say company A, uh, they have a product uh, and they're willing to uh, to give you a certain amount of, uh, of product as well as a bonus structure that basically if, if you make the main, you make X amount uh, if you're making, t- t- you get a top 10, uh, you get a different amount of money or, or is it or is it only top 10 uh, bonuses and stuff like that, like uh, how, is, how are some of those things structured for, for you privateers that are uh, sort of uh, or, or on smaller, smaller teams that uh, are a little bit different well, I think I think um, what you kind of have to look at is 
essentially one of the big differences between a privateer team or really just a privateer and you know a factory rider and that's uh, essentially as far as um, an earning standpoint is you know the salary that the guaranteed money um, so as a privateer um, most all your avenues of earning money are based on performance like you know if you were to go on Honda's website you know they have a breakdown you know if you finish 20th you know I haven't looked at it in a while but if you finish 20th you might make whatever say just for example 100 bucks if you win the thing it might be 20,000 so everything just kind of hey the better you do the better you represent us you know the better we're gonna reward you and pay you so that's how as a I would assume most privateers are uh, I know myself for the most part it's basically just performance based so that's why it is important to get good results and keep creeping up the ladder because the better you do you know um, you know you start getting a better increment of money it's not just because you were there you make money it's you know it's basically all based off results that's how the AMA is as well you know if you finish 22nd versus first in the main big pay difference so um, that's you know kind of comes with the territory I guess Absolutely. I, I think that you're definitely putting yourself in a position to turn some heads and, and secure some some really good sponsors uh, down the way here. Uh, I'm currently looking at the uh, the season points uh, statistics for uh, the, the rest of the season here. You're currently sitting in 13th uh, with an average finish of 13th, oddly enough. Um, and uh, obviously a couple of guys, uh, Colt Nichols right behind you, uh, I, I I, I would like to think that uh, he might be able to catch you by the end of the season. But uh, a couple of guys that are in front of you that I think that you could probably uh, go out and grab, like uh, the Jordan Baileys of the world, Jace Owen, Kyle Peters, and, and our RJ Hampshire is definitely going to fall back to where you're at. Um, so there, there's a good chance uh, we, we see John Short top 10 in points for the 250 East uh, before this thing is out. Obviously, two rounds to go. Um, like you, you, You'd have to have some pretty good rides to, put, to do that, but uh, that would be an, a, a super uh, achievement in and of itself. Uh, moving forward uh, into the years that come, man, like I, I, like I, can't, I don't think we can really uh, discredit how much you've improved Supercross-wise one season to the next. Like you, like we, we, we see the, the John Short, who's super in shape and knocking down top Top five motos uh, on a 450 outdoors, but uh, um, like top ten in uh, in a in a Supercross series uh, on, as a basically a privateer team. I think that would be a huge feather in your cap. Yeah, it, it obviously would. Um, you know, Supercross, like like I've, we've mentioned in the past and talked about as a, as a racer growing up. Uh, for me, anyways, 100 percent of the time I rode motocross. I had you know maybe 15 years of experience riding a motorcycle on a motocross style track you know and you go pro for me in particular my first season riding supercross i had a month of supercross riding so i'm kind of still i mean i've got some good experience now but you know every year you're still kind of learning new and more and new things and gaining the comfort um of, of riding a supercross track you know learning how to breathe and um, just all that good stuff. So, I mean, I think it takes a lot more skill to ride Supercross. And um, I, I always kind of look at guys like, uh, like you know, maybe Justin Brayton or Weston Pike. Not that they're similar in any way, but, you know, Brayton's kind of every year, I feel like, learning, getting better, and, and is consistent and solid. And Pike was kind of the same way. He went from privateer to factory team and, and – and, made improvements every year and um 
that's kind of how I would, those are the guys I kind of look up to and like to kind of feed into is, is, is building every year, being consistent and, you know, improving. I think that's what you can ask for. I don't necessarily go on there and look at the points or anything like that. To me, I just, I'm going to show up um, at the ne- next round. I get to race and put my best foot forward and, and take what I learned from the, from the race before. So that's kind of my approach. Fair enough. Well, you've definitely uh, been turning heads this year on the East Coast, and uh, and hopefully in the next day or so we hear some great news uh, about you maybe being able to compete in the uh, in the 450 class aboard your 250, get some white backgrounds uh, uh, printed up, uh, and, and possibly go racing. Like, is it something like is that something you'd have to order right away and like sort of have overnighted out to you, or would, do you actually have a pair, a set of white backgrounds for uh, for the 43 machine already ripped and ready to go? I honestly don't even know. Um, uh, you know, we've got the Manluck trailer and everything here, um, but I, I have no idea what kind of graphics we have. I did ride the 450 rounds earlier in the season, so there's a chance that uh, Steve's got some Defy graphics in there in the in the trailer. But uh, we have to quick ship some, to be honest, or go to go to Walmart and get some uh, some you know do the mailbox note or whatever they may allow if we can't get anything. Fair enough. Do you remember there was the one year when, uh, like the, like Supercross.com's, uh, uh, it was Andrew Short, oddly enough, different Short, who also used to uh, call uh, Texas home, maybe still does, I suppose. Um, he, he ran like just straight up stick on numbers for one year or for one, or one, one Supercross and like a full blown box stock Honda. I don't remember that. I, I don't guess I saw that. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. No, I, I, I Andrew, want to say... Andrew, Andrew was always about getting it done. Yeah, I want to say it was like 2013, roughly. And, yeah, his team, like, like he was on... He was, he was before he was on BTO. It was the year after he got cut from racing, like, the factory Honda team. And he raced for what was, like, I think it was Larry Brooks uh, managed... Supercross.com and like within like five rounds it was like the team was like nothing and then he showed up and ended up getting like fifth on like legitimately like I don't think he had a pipe on it which is pretty wild in the 450 class um but that's how just how uh, uh, Shorty does it um I mentioned on the uh, before the podcast or as we were uh, introducing the podcast likely you probably found yourself in a verb moto video at some point maybe I'm just completely talking out my ass but what do you remember about Verb Moto? Have, were you ever featured in one of them? Uh, whether it be one of the like the uh, the races at the like like you probably did. Uh, what's that the track that the Oldenburgs now own? That's near. That's near you. Oh, uh, Oak Hill. Oak Hill, yeah, like stuff like that. Like that to me, yeah. growing up, like our age, watching the Oak Hill races and stuff on uh, on Verb. Those were just like I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I don't know if you're the same, but I. I I watched a shit ton of that stuff growing up. Oh yeah, it's uh, getting on Verb, watching whatever videos, going back through their their little their history. You know, going back and watching the races, and I was all into that. I I don't know that I was ever in like a like a race recap. You know, where they've got the edits, but um, they do like a um, I don't know, like a little feature. They were going. So I think one of the last things they did where they went all over the country, kind of touring and featuring tracks. Okay. They did like a, a short, a short little, maybe three minute video just to, just on me and my background, and um, 
think I think uh, Blake Wharton recommended him or something. Okay, I can see that. But, um, yeah, yeah, but no, Verb Verb is awesome. It's cool to see those guys coming back. I, you know, I think their whole vibe is kind of missing in the sport a little bit right now, especially in amateur motocross. They kind of bring the fun back. I think. Fair enough, absolutely. I think there needs to be a little bit more of that, uh, more two-stroke edits with John Short. I understand you've been you were riding one prior to COVID coming back. Like you, you wrote, you wrote at a uh, a local race with um, with my, my friend uh, Vince uh, Monteleone. I believe that's how to say his last name. He's not a pasta; he's a person. Um, and uh, yeah, you're you're also a. Uh, uh, a lap king guy. I'm looking at my lap king uh, racing device right now. Yeah, no, that's uh, Vince is a good friend of mine. We we went and did some vintage racing and uh, got it got the units out and got everybody uh, hyped up over the leaderboards competing. And uh, Vince, uh, I think I think we rode one of the classes. I rode the 252 stroke Honda, and he had his 500. And uh, no, it was a blast. Vince is a good rider too, so we we do get out for five or six laps and uh man that's some fun riding those old two strokes he had a 94 cr250 we rode at an 03 250 and then vince had his uh cr500 so it's pretty cool getting to go back and ride some of uh some of the older motorcycles and kind of seeing how it progressed to where it is Fair enough, man. Well, good good to see you out one of those. I think more two strokes is a good thing, and uh, and more John Short on the Big MX Radio podcast is a great thing. Um, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, as always, great interview. No, I appreciate you having me on. Give me a call anytime. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this finishing up Supercross here in Utah and um, seeing what the future holds. See it, seeing if the motocross series here in the U.S. is a go or in Absolutely. As if, if there's no if there is no nationals, like obviously there's probably still some races back in Texas and stuff like that. Like is that is that would that be mostly what you kind of fill your summer with? Uh, if there is no nationals, is like hitting those little money races as well as uh, maybe even doing some uh, uh, some training for kids and stuff like that. I know you're good with kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, during the break, that's mainly what I did was I rode rode you know a few days a week. And uh, filled my other days. I had a, a pretty good group of riders that I would train two a week. And um, so, if we don't go racing uh, the Pro Motocross Series, I'll probably pick back up in my uh, little riding schools around Texas and try and make sure my guys are dialed in and, and hit whatever local races are on the weekend. I think if there's no uh, a Pro Motocross races, I, I could see there being a lot of purse races popping up to hit, um, you know all around the u.s you know some little ten thousand dollar purses i feel like everybody's going to be wanting to race so the local scene will probably be pretty stout so should it could it'll be good either way it'll, it'll be I, good i think you're exactly right my friend might uh we, we might have to change the way we cover the sport but the sport's not going to stop in any way shape or fashion john short here on the big mx radio podcast he's a repeat offender love to have him on the show and one of the best interviews in the sport appreciate you making some time my friend Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. 